Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jim Rosenhouse with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. That's right. You are listening to the Fantasy Jester. And the Fantasy Jester show just so happens it's brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com. Are you getting the theme here? I, I'll give you three guesses who I happen to be. One, two, hit it. The Fantasy Jester. What's up, gang? How's everybody doing tonight? What a great night. Don't hurt him, Jester is the title this week. <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, let's see what the write-up says, and uh, we're going to go with it. It's going to be an interesting show. It's going to be an interesting show. If you, I don't know. Are you, if you're the type of person who, when you're tired, you're silly, and I start out silly, and when I'm tired, it's even worse, but... Been uh, and it says here, Jester seems to be in a rare mood this week. What will this mean for the show? Uh, <laughs> who knows? It really does. It's going to. This is going to be either fantastic or somebody just you know save this one for the ages because it's going to be crash and burn. <sighs> Stop, crash and burn. JT and I. Crash and burn? Are you kidding me? Stop it. That's right. If you haven't listened before and this is your first time joining us, thank you so much. Uh, glad to have you tonight. And I will be joined by the aforementioned JT, Jason Townsend. Looking forward to talking to him. i got a couple of things uh, uh, for the show tonight we're going to get into. We're going to talk about, you know, for MLB, we're at the quarter pole. We're at the quarter pole already. It's Memorial Day weekend. I hope all of you are enjoying. Folks, we're going to take a look at each division. And if we can, talk a little Super 2 and who, who you can look forward to. And But it's Memorial Day. And uh, there are teams that are not where they normally would be and not where a lot of people are thinking that they would have been, including my beloved Yankees, and uh, I can't wait to talk to the hater, and uh, he can poke all the holes in the Yankees. I can poke him too, never mind. I'll help him with it, but JT, the Yankee hater, will be joining me, like I mentioned. NBA playoff talk. Who we got? Who we got? Who we got? We got finals. We got the finals that, um, well, we all friggin' knew last year we were getting. We knew at the beginning of the season it was confirmed that no other team really made any kind of move other than Golden State making a minor adjustment to their team that they had last year in the finals. And uh, the minor adjustment seems to have them there surprisingly in the finals again. What a, <laughs> what a shock! A shock! I can't freaking believe it. Unbelievable. No, so I want to talk to now. Okay, but now we're here. Now we're here. Now we're at the game. Actually, that we all knew. But all right, who's JT have? Who do I have, and why? It's gonna be interesting. NHL, NHL. We all know this is my place. This is what I listen. Kind of missed on Anaheim, but listen to my report this week on the Stanley Cup. And you're going to see exactly 
why I think Pittsburgh might fall the same way Anaheim did. Anaheim was favored in that one. Pittsburgh is favored in this one by many. I'm not sure. Stay tuned. I want to see what JT says about his team, but see what Jester picks. Who who is Jester going to go with? Is he is he going to take Nashville? Is he really going to go out there? Listen to later on. We'll get to more of that. NFL. You know, we've got this whole Tampa thing pretty close to me, and there's a football team in Tampa. And uh, they happen to be doing an HBO program. Uh, and, uh, well, you know, JT and I will talk about that because if I can get over my shyness, if I can get over being shy, I might actually try and head over to Tampa when that certain show happens to be in town. And, well, again, we'll talk to JT about that. And I keep mentioning this guy, JT. He must be important. To somebody somewhere. I don't know. Anyway, also in the NFL, uh, Chip Kelly, former NFL coach, uh, turned college analyst. Uh, definitely want to talk to JT about that. And then talk about what's coming up uh, next week, week of wrestling. Sounds like a fun show. We're going to hit them all. But first, my rant. My rant. It really isn't a sport rant, okay? My rant comes to you from this perspective of uh, just getting old and seeing what the workforce is like today, folks. It is an absolute mess. I, uh, I'm in construction during the day when I'm not on the microphone. I actually do construction. And am helping a children's camp get set up. The kids are coming for the summer, and we're getting them all set up. You go ahead and hire people from down in that area, because it's not in my area, so I'm going to hire some of the local talent, if you will, and uh, put on four people and literally had four no-shows. And it didn't surprise me. I just went ahead. I did the work by myself today, literally. And um, But this is where we're going. I mean, the age range was 26 to 42. I can promise you everybody was younger than me. All thanking me. Oh, man, money's so tight right now. I appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, yeah, great, great. Really looking forward to it. None of them show. You gotta be flipping kidding me. And you wonder why I'm getting out of construction and headed to do this. I have no clue, folks. Other than to sit here, talk with you fine folks, and get over my rant. It is making me tired. I'm a little punchy. I thought I'd be in a funny mood. I'm ready. I'm a little punchy today. Uh, I don't know. Let's bring in JT. See what see what that brings. No one knows. JT, how are you tonight, sir? And what are you going to bring uh, to the show tonight? Well, well, first off, I want to address the haters' comment because it takes a hater to know a hater, and yes, just because your Devils suck ass once again and the Penguins are in the finals once again, yes. we don't need to yes. hear your hating on the Penguins. So you know, just just no. want to want to point that out, Mister Hater. 
See, um, here's the thing, though. But, a lot of haters you know, well, are in hold denial. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Now, you had your time. You got to give me mine here. Because, see, what you want. otherwise you'd miss out on me congratulating Spike Lee for breaking the news that Colin Kaepernick, brother, big shout-out to Pete Carroll for signing my brother. Yeah, they didn't sign anybody, Spike. You dropped the ball once again. It's like one of your god-awful movies. Don't listen to Spike Lee. <laughs> Nothing happened. You look like a fool like you normally do, Mars Blackman. Go back to those days because you haven't been relevant since. Anyway, I'm doing pretty good, Jester. How you doing? You know, and I thought I was punchy tonight. See? See? It can get bad and worse. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep up with you. Forget this good cop, bad cop. We got bad cop, worse cop. <laughs> but, you know, you did bring up something. You're talking about baseball, the quarter point, Memorial Day. Uh, I do want to throw a shout-out to all the military veterans that do provide uh, and have provided us the ability to have shows like this, enjoy the life we lead, uh, enjoy the sports we enjoy. So uh, just a chance to throw that out there to the veterans that uh, provide that. So thank you, and uh, thank you for your service. Yeah, exactly. And uh, without a question, there's so many uh, of my friends, family, uh, that have served. So uh, it, it definitely is a time, you know, sometimes people get annoyed with the elderly in the store. You know, sometimes pay attention to that elderly man's hat and maybe see where mm-hmm. he's been. And exactly. Be a little more grateful. And maybe in your gratitude, you don't even have to say or do anything. Just be respectful. You know, Jester, just a point to that, I kind of saw something like that where I was in a store this past week was an elderly gentleman in front of uh, a guy that was right beside me, and the guy was having trouble moving. The guy behind me was definitely getting irritated, trying to get around the guy. As soon as the guy turned around, you saw a Vietnam War veteran on his hat. That guy's attitude changed completely. He reached out, shook the guy's hand, uh, told Mm -hmm. him thank you, you know, so – it, exactly what you say, you know, take a look at that hat or take a look at that person. You never know uh, what they've done to make it to, to where you get to do what you do today. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely a, a weekend I enjoy. Yes, definitely. Uh, without a question. As I said to everybody coming into, you know, Memorial Day is always that time of year where we're at the quarter pole. It's that time of year. We're at the quarter pole in baseball already. And it seems like, you know, I take a look. At, at least I'll say it. I take a look right off the bat. Let's start out with the American League East. And to me, uh, first of all, I don't understand the Yankees being there at all. I, I really don't. I just don't understand it from – I just – Tanaka is not Tanaka anymore, and people need to realize that. That's first off. He's just not. I mean, there's a huge difference. See, he was throwing 94 to 96. He's not throwing that anymore, folks. I hate to tell everybody. And it makes a difference because he doesn't have any late movement. You know, one of the things that you pointed out to me, one of the pitches that you pointed out to me in I took a look at it, at some of his work 
uh, this past week, JT, was Berrios. You uh, you and I were talking, and you were explaining about how how successful he's going to be. And so I wanted to see more of his work. And I think it really just comes down to that that late break, that late movement. And there's just so much of it. And there's none. There's there's just like no movement. Tanaka's just throwing up grapefruits at this point, the way I saw it. You know, my my question to you as a sports analyst, as a Yankees fan, where's the splitter? Wasn't that his dominant uh, out pitch in Japan, his dominant out pitch, uh, his rookie season with the Yanks, that splitter? Uh, it just doesn't seem like either he trusts it or, or he, they just don't call it. I barely see him throw it. How about, how about this one? Reason number two, his speed is down. He can't throw that pitch anymore because it damages the elbow more. Mm, okay, that would make sense. You know, a guy that elected to not have that surgery, um, you know, kind of wonder. You look at a guy like you, you look at a guy like you, Darvish. You look at a guy, you know, God rest his soul, Jose Fernandez. You look at some of those guys that had that surgery and came back throwing harder uh, and a lot more confidence. Steven Strasburg being another one. So um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he got some bad advice from his agent, from his family, maybe from the Yankees. Who knows? But uh. At this point, Tanaka is dead. Now, now Tanaka being bad, CC having a bit of a revival, though. Can you trust it? It's, How long yeah, can you trust I, I hear you. I mean, but he does look good up to this point. I mean, the guy, the guy is out there. You know, we're talking about the nicest guys, by the way, in all of baseball. You know, friend of the program, uh, Jim Rosenhouse, had a chance to have dinner with him last week in, uh, in Houston for the Indian Series. And he talked about C.C. Sabathia being one of the nicest guys and, and most interesting guys to talk to in baseball. Um, and I'd love mm. to sit and listen to some of the stories that guy has. But he's having a bit of a revival. And then you look at your bullpen. You don't need a role this Chapman. you got one of the most dominant re- relief pitchers in all of baseball in Dellen Betenses, uh, who I mean, talk about an imposing figure, 6'8", to stand in against this guy knowing he can throw at 99 at your head if he wants to. Um, yeah. You know, the Yankees yeah. are looking good, and you got to admit, if Boston's bats wake up, though, they've got the pitching. David Price should be back Monday. There's a, there's a lot of question marks, and to me, <clears throat> you look at the Blue Jays only six and a half games out, just starting to get – possibly Donaldson back, or, or, although I, I don't know. And um, Plesak was making a – was it Plesak or Smoltz? I think it was Plesak. I, I, I've I listened to him talking about Donaldson and being concerned that they babied him all spring with this calf, and he came mm-hmm. back, and now he, he's, you know – he had problems with the calf again, and now they're going to bring him back. And his question was, will we ever see a full, fully healthy Donaldson this year? You know, and it kind of and, reminds me of the same injury that Adrian Beltre has at the same position uh, for the Rangers. You know, they, 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 they babied it. He, they, he came back to rehab, re-aggravated the injury, uh, and has been out since. But, you know, you're talking about Donaldson. You've got Tulowitzki coming back. But the guy that I think is the catalyst for the Blue Jays to get going is uh, starting pitcher Aaron Sanchez. 
a guy that came up last year and was very, very dominant uh, as a young pitcher, and a guy that I think you get someone like that back into your rotation, it slots everybody back where they're supposed to be. Uh, the AL East, as always, is going to be a fun division to watch. It's uh, it, it really is anybody's guess because Oakland, I mean, uh, the Orioles, will they make the move for some more starting pitching? Uh, you know, so, I mean, there's a couple of things because uh, that's one of the question marks for them. Is Tillman going to regain the form he had? Because so far, he hasn't looked it. No, but Tillman's the guy that takes a little while to get going. He always has. Um, they have the bats. You know, uh, Dylan Bundy looking like the guy that was the top prospect a few years ago. Another guy, Tanaka, by the way, that had that surgery. Uh, again, I, I think that was – I thought it was a mistake when he chose not to have it. I think it's a mistake now. Tampa Bay, I don't really know what to quite think about Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they, they, they have their times where they get hot. Uh, they score runs, but Archer really hasn't looked right since 2015, at least to me. I mean, he's better this year than he was last year. But, you know, for that being the ace of your rotation, um, now I think Tampa's in trouble. Yeah, Tampa is a, they do what they can on, on one of the lowest budgets in the MLB. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's real simple. I mean, there's no secret. No, they, they, and it's funny, coming from someone like me, an Oakland A's fan, to say that somebody actually has a worse stadium than we do. Oh, yeah. It's god-awful. It's god-awful to park at, too. I mean, that, yeah, it's god-awful in every way, shape, or form. Nobody wants to come, and this is my, I'm making your point, nobody wants to come watch a baseball game there. So if you don't have people buying tickets, you're not getting the sponsors, then you obviously don't have the cash flow to increase your budget to start spending on some of these players that you every year get rid of instead of paying. But, you know, ever since you told me we were going to talk about this, I have to ask. So, you know, you and I are, are in similar age. Growing up, we used to, you know, watch the old Superman shows and you had Bizarro Superman, Bizarro World. I kind of feel like we're in Bizarro World when I look at the team that's at the top of the AL Central at this point. In the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> I, I want to know how many people world? predicted that. I mean, are we in Bizarro World that the Twins are in first place at Memorial Day weekend? And then the team that was everybody's sexy pick, and I, I'm just throwing this out there because we're talking AL, last year to represent the World Series has the best record in baseball in the Houston Astros. So the AL is just topsy-turvy this year. The the Cleveland Indians' problem is this: uh, Jim hasn't come on the show yet. Once <laughs> no, once Jim comes on the show, they'll go on a nice little hot streak, and that'll carry them uh, through the rest of the season. They are they're lagging back. Everybody thinks it's uh, you know Kluber being out. It's not. No, it's uh, the fact that Jim hasn't been on the show, and I'm planning exactly to address right. that with him uh, as soon as we can get him back on. Well, he will be on soon. Uh, like I said, spent the weekend with him last week. Uh, got you know, got a chance to talk to him. Some he's definitely excited about getting back on, uh, talking some baseball with us. So yeah, we I look forward to that very very soon now. And we were talking about you know baseball here. I got to throw something out at you. Uh, discussing yeah. a catching catching prospect with Jim last week that the Indians had in Francisco Mejia, mm-hmm. 
And we're talking about a guy that's thrown out close to 65% of the base dealers. He's picked off five batter base runners at first base. Um, and when you put the tape on on this guy and watch him, and I'm talking purely defensively, uh, it was so reminiscent of Benito Santiago, the guy that would absolutely gun you out from his knees from the San Diego mm-hmm. Padres, um, you know, late 80s, early 90s, or another Indian catcher who's now a base coach in Sandy Alomar Jr. He's also very reminiscent of, of him for me defensively. And then you throw a 350 batting average on top of that. Uh, the future looks good for uh, Cleveland as far as the backstop goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, now let me ask you something. You, you, you mentioned him as a prospect, and this is a show mm-hmm. based on fantasy sports and prospects. You like him better than an Alfaro, though, uh, with a bat? You know, I, I, I like Alfaro's bat. bat. I do like Good. Alfaro's bat. Got a taste of him last year after he got sent to Philadelphia uh, in the Cole Hamels deal. Um, the problem with Alfaro's bat is I don't see him being uh, – he's a singles hitter. He doesn't have a lot of pop in his bat, and he really doesn't hit a lot of balls to the gap. Um, he runs well for a catcher. Uh, when he came up, we didn't really see a lot from him, but it's Philadelphia. I mean, let's, we've talked about Philadelphia sports right now in general and what the state of those are. Um, right, I right. do like Alfaro, though. It's really hard to not like him. But when I look at Mejia, I look at a guy that, that has the ability to hit 300 in, in this league. Okay. He hits the ball to the gap. He hits the ball the other way. Not enough hitters. Well, you know, they see the shift. Well, let me go ahead and try to pull the ball anyway. No. You see a shift, hit the ball the other way. It's really not rocket science. And it's nice to see some of these young guys coming up that are learning how to do that. Let me ask you, what's wrong with the you're, – you're right there. Tate is a big Rangers fan. Mm-hmm. You're right there. What's wrong with them? Oh, I, I, it's, I'll tell you, there's two words. And I have several friends that are Rangers fans that I know listen. Here's those two words. Sam Dyson. You have your, your former closer to open the season. Move the setup, man, with a 12.29 ERA last time I looked. The guy has – I mean, this after being so dominant in the WBC in the early spring, this guy has absolutely imploded. Their bullpen is their problem. Uh, the opening series against the Indians, uh, when we, we had a chance to see that, you know, all three games were ninth-inning losses. They just don't mm-hmm. have the backside of that bullpen to lock down games. So I think they honestly, um, Keona Kila, he looks like he has some promise, but even he's really not been the answer to the problem. So I think the Rangers need to be one of those teams. They have the bat. They've had some injuries. Guys like Beltre are coming back. Um, they need to go out and get them. They need to show up the backside of that bullpen. Just before we leave the AL, one of the things that I would take a look at is plus minus. Uh, I think it's my mm-hmm. hockey background. Uh, yeah, I always I like to take a look at uh, at the plus minus of it. And just so for point of reference out there for everybody, in the American League, Currently, right now, the fourth best plus-minus team. In other words, they've scored more runs than have runs against. 
Fourth best, Tampa Bay. And Chicago White Sox tied with that as well, 24. Plus 24, you would think two teams that a lot of people pick to basically be cellar dwellers are uh, are definitely scoring scoring runs. Yankees Going are what, second at plus 54? Who? So Yankees, the Yankees are at second. second at plus 54, and the Astros at plus 59 uh, lead the AL. Right. So, you know, be a fun – I'll tell you what, I would enjoy an ALCS of Houston versus New York. That would be a fun – those would be two teams that would be fun to watch. Hmm. Well, I just I, – I, I don't get how the Yankees are doing it. i got to be honest with you. Smoke and mirrors. They're scoring a lot of runs. They're scoring a lot of runs. That's why. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you're in first place, who cares how you do it? You're there. And I I think, uh, you know, you and I both, I know we joke with you a lot about it, but I don't think either one of us saw a particular six-foot-eight right fielder doing what he's doing this season after what we saw from him last year. Uh, You know, Brett Gardner's having a good year. You guys have – probably one of the most – I mean, I'm talking about salivating over this particular player, and I don't think we'll see him this year because Didi Gregarious and Starling Castro are manning down the middle of that infield. But uh, I Torres, Torres. Yeah. oh, my Lord, that guy has – I mean, if you got a guy who's made Jorge Mateo, who was one of the top shortstop prospects in all of baseball, absolutely an afterthought. And the best part is the guy you gave up to get him it's still on your team, so I hate giving Brian Cashman credit, but that was that was a, that was a coup for you guys on that. Going going on prospects, here we go. Better prospect Rosario for the Mets. I'll keep it up there in New York. Rosario for the okay. Mets or Torres. I like Torres because I believe he can play third, short, second. I believe he can play outfield for you. Nice combination of speed and power. Uh, he reminds me more of a, of a Carlos Correa type of player, someone that can hit the ball power, hit the ball in the gap, and has an absolute cannon of an arm uh, it, it, you know, defensively. So I, I think he's your guy out of those two. I have Torres one. I have Rosario three. Interesting. And you're talking at that shortstop position. So who do you Short, at sh- for a shortstop eligibility? Mm-hmm. You got to know who I have second. Oh, I know who you have on second, your team. I don't think I don't think Barreto has the glove. Um, I don't think he has the glove. He reminds me too much, and I, A's fans, forgive me for for dogging us like this, but he reminds me too much of Marcus Simeon, the guy that's got a, a you know a Swiss <laughs> cheese for a glove. Uh, Mr. Error himself. Uh, I think Barreto's got the bat. I don't think he's got the glove yet. And it's funny, I had to laugh to listen to our ownership and our management say, the moment that we feel that we're out of the race for the playoffs, Barreto will be yes. our first call-up. Why didn't you call him up opening day then, guys? Then you, Yeah, you could have pretty much put him on the opening day roster. Because it's been apparent since three years ago that we're not even going to sniff the playoffs. We can't. We're not even good enough to buy tickets to the playoffs, guys. So don't sit there and try to tell me that you're waiting to see if we can make the playoffs because we're yeah we're not making the playoffs. Well, you've played here. Here's here's one for the fans out there. They've played 48 games. They're already minus 40. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they're, I say they're almost averaging minus show. one a game, folks. Yeah, this is a fantasy show. The reports of Sonny Gray's demise were strongly exaggerated. The guy's healthy again. He's getting his confidence back. Uh, seven innings, one earned, eleven punch outs the other night. Notice, take a look at his last three or four starts. Uh, he's starting to get that look again. And A's fans, I know you know what that means. He should be traded very shortly. Won't be long now. Going over to the National League. There's a lot National going League on is blowing my mind as well. Yeah. The National League, I, we could literally make a couple shows on just the National League. But we'll try and keep it a little short. Everybody, all right. I'm not surprised Washington. I'm no. not surprised Chicago. And no. I'm really not surprised. Colorado, Milwaukee. Yeah, okay, I can't agree with you on that. Second in the second in the Central. Um, anybody? See yeah, that? That, that's I didn't. Surprise. No, no, no. That's that's a complete surprise. But in all fairness, you know, let, you're talking yeah. about your plus minus, and I think it's a great stat. It looks like to me the AL, or the NL West is just speeding off the misery that is the NL East. You know, you're plus 44, plus 55, and plus 68 with the Dodgers, the D-backs, and the Rockies. And then you flip up and you look at the NL East, or the NL East in this case, and you have four teams under 500, and negative 29, negative 16, negative 38, and the Marlins, great $300 million contract you spent, by the way, on John Carlos Stanton. Just want to throw that out there. Um, negative 45 in run differential. So, to me, the NL, NL just looks like, Teams that, are, that have played the East early are benefiting from it. And I think when that swings around later in the season and the East starts to play maybe the Central a little bit more or themselves, you know, I think that might, uh, might change things. But, wow, look at those runs in the West. Now, my little fantasy friends out there, for all of you out there, why do we pay attention to the plus-minus? Well, the further minus are the ones that are going to be selling. They're the ones going to be moving. You're going to have a lot of call-ups, too. Now, you go ahead and you take a look at what that makes that plus-minus. Are they going to be calling up pitchers? Are they going to be taking a look at young pitchers? What do their young pitching prospects look like? There are so many things to look at. When you're trying to analyze fantasy sports, you just don't look at what a player is doing. You got to take a look, and I'm sure JT 100% agrees with this. You have to look at what's going on to the whole team. Right. That's a great point. I mean, you know, you brought up, you brought up, uh, you know, Oakland with Frank Lombretto earlier. You get a guy that's flashing mm-hmm. 314, I believe, 321, somewhere in that ballpark in uh, AAA Nashville. Uh, he's hitting the ball well. Um, look at Oakland. What's going on in Oakland? Absolutely nothing. Uh, as usual, nothing's going on. But I want to piggyback on what the Jester's saying, and I agree with what he's saying 100%. I also think you've got to look at history of teams. Uh, again, being a lifelong A's fan, one of the cheapest organizations in the history of sports, period, well, we want to have that extra year control. We don't want to lose anything on, on, on Super 2. So 
we're going to go ahead and leave. And that's what it is, folks. It's not, oh, we're going to wait and see if we're eliminated from playoff contention because we have been since March 30th. Uh, it's, oh, we want an extra year of control so we don't have to pay this kid the money that we think he could earn because exactly. minus the roids, he reminds me of a Miguel Tejada. He's a guy that can hit. He's an offensive player. Um, but you got to look at teams that notoriously don't pay anyone. The Dodgers, their prospects come up. Look at Bellinger. The Cubs, their prospects, Ian Happ, and they keep them up. They'll pay them. They don't care. They're about winning games. You know, so I think that has to be thrown, you know, thrown into that mix as well. Taking a look at – and you exactly. I Now, see, I'll go ahead and I'll take a look at a team like Philadelphia. Doesn't score a lot. What are no. they going to do? They've got a they've got a log jam at first base. Hoskins is down yeah. there. He is tearing the cover off the ball. So, go. but my point is, folks, is that you look at the weaker offenses, and you you get an idea. You you get an idea for who their top prospects are. See what's going on. You get a Hoskins that'll probably he's going to come up at some point. You got a Crawford probably going to come up out of the Philly system playing shortstop. Again, a top top prospect. These are the guy guys that earlier. you look at these offenses. Pardon me? Guy you mentioned earlier, Alfaro as well, for the Philadelphia organization. Right, exactly. Well, that's what I'm getting to is that there are prospects down the Philly organization that are bats, and the team needs bats. At some point, they're going to be calling up bats. I mean, so right. this is what we're talking about, paying attention to not just what certain players are doing right now in the leagues and making trades and this, that. Sometimes you can just build through that waiver wire who's sitting there because people aren't looking ahead. Part of fantasy sports is looking ahead, not just looking at what's going on right now. That's a, that's the best way to put it. Speaking of what's going on right now, is we are changing gears. We're going to go overhead and talk basketball, little little b ball. Mm-hmm. It's it's what everybody knew. Now my point though is is okay. Everybody knew this was happening, but I'll let you, you I'll let you go first on. Now, you know what? Let me go first on uh, on this one here, and I'll let you go second okay. on basketball. And then, because I want to go last on hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. And I, I, it's, to me, this is, this is going to be about as no-brainer, for me at least, as it was picking the teams that were going to be at, in the finals at the beginning of the year. There's no way in hell Golden State does not win this. Now, my question is, do they do it in five or six? It's real simple. You go ahead, you had a team that should have won it last year, and, well, you make a minor acquisition, thank you, during the offseason – to kind of bolster it, I mean, and I've talked about it before. I want to see what Love is going to do in this uh, in this series. 
Will he give more than just one game in a series? That's going to be, to me, that's going to be the telling tale of the series because you've got Kyrie going to score. You've got LeBron going to do the, his thing. They need love. Uh, and that's just, that, that's just the way I see it. And I can't say he's going to go ahead. And the way he dropped 30 that one night, that one night, I can't say he's going to give Cleveland that kind of output three out of four nights. I can tell you one thing, Durant will. I can tell you what, the whole starting five at any time could go off. And that's the difference. Golden State, anyone on that starting five can literally go off. Can't say the same about Cleveland. That's just my opinion. I don't know. JT, what do you have? Uh, Looking at this, I look at a team that everybody knew was going to win it last year in Golden State. Uh, And surprise, they didn't win it. Uh, As you've chronicled in in an article that you had out several months back Mm -hmm. on FantasyJustyYourSports.com, it just seems how coincidental on how many different leagues, NCAA and professional, we had these amazing, you know, like the old NFL commercial, Alcoa presents fantastic finishes. You know, it's just amazing how many of those we had. Um, I think that Roger Goodell loves what's going on in the NBA right now because it makes uh, a lot of people feel like Goodell isn't the worst commissioner in sports. It's Adam Silver. Uh, The NBA is a joke. The NBA is – I'd rather watch the WNBA. And I'm I'm not even kidding at this point. Um, that I, the NBA is an absolute joke. And for all you people out there that are 30 years old and younger that want to attach goats to everything, LeBron James oh, goat, are you effing kidding me? Watch an actual NBA game, not this travesty that you see now on TNT and ESPN. Watch the real NBA, because in today's NBA. Boys and girls, Michael Jordan would average fifty a night easily. So get this go yeah, garbage. This is the, this isn't the same. This isn't the same NBA, folks. Uh, no, I, no, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on that one. Yeah, this this is the NBA mixed with bullfighting because, as Lou Brown would say in Major <laughs> League, I'm tired of this Ole bullshit. Because, well, that's what it is. Nobody plays defense. We're all a bunch of bullfighters. We're just going to let people run right past us. But to actually cover the action, Golden State's on a roll. Uh, you know, Cleveland, I wonder if the lack of competition that they've seen over the last whole, full season, has you know, will that prepare them for what they're going to see in this finals? I agree with you. The NBA, though, Adam Silver is not going to let this be a sweep. We need ratings money. We need TV money. I say six games. Okay, interesting. Let me ask you. (laughs) Okay, all right. Um, You you mentioned the different kind of league. How vilified? How how would somebody like Charles Oakley or Bill Lambeer or Bill Lambeer? No, Bill Lambeer. What would be made of Bill Lambeer today? Could you imagine? Oh. He would be the villain of all villains. 
they would be mm-hmm. making North Korea references <laughs> to Bill yeah, and Beer. I, I, I hate to say it. Of who's right, worse? Yeah, like, oh, at that point, what about John Spider Sally on top of that? You know, another guy. That, anybody who played for the Pistons basically in the 1980s and early 90s, <laughs> uh, you know, Joe Dumars, uh, Vinny Johnson, Joe Dumars, all these guys. I mean, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it, because, oh, wait a minute, they did something that's illegal in the NBA now. They played defense. They defense? put a hard foul on oh, you. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're not allowed to do that defense crap. What is this defense crap? No, 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 no. We want the scores to be 157 to 149 each night. Um, but, yeah, it's funny you bring that up. What? I mean, I don't even – we'd have to coin a new word for villain if Bill Lambeer played in the NBA today because villain wouldn't even scratch the surface. You know, they're so worried about contact. They're so worried about contact. Why don't you just all get a PlayStation and you can play each other on a video game instead? There's no <laughs> contact there. You know what? There though? you go. You I know mean, what, though? I, I brought him up. I agree with you. I brought him up early in the show. I'm going to bring him up <laughs> one more time. I wouldn't even mind going out there and watching that, that Spike Lee, the, you know, the and one stuff out there where these guys actually play street ball. There's fouls, like real fouls, and there's some defense. Oh, okay, I yeah. mean, you know, some hard-nosed stuff going on in there. So uh, the NBA today, I've, I've, seen, I've seen more physically gifted players in the WNBA that, that actually do something than the NBA at, at this point. I, Adam Silver needs to be ejected. They need to get a real commissioner in that league and stop letting the super teams happen. It needs it needs work. It really the product needs some work, folks. And you know, you talk to any true basketball fan, they'll tell you it really the product needs some work. And I don't know. I, I want to see how they build suspense out of this one. Uh, and they did it last year, I guess, and they'll do it again. And I don't know. Uh, I'm so fed up with it. Let's go. Let's get off the NBA. Get a folks. Let's go to a real game sport. one's Thursday, nine, 9 p.m. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about it next week. Unfortunately, uh, we'll be talking about it next week. <laughs> NHL is another story, though. Now, NHL, we do have some vested interests. Uh, one of us on this uh, program. In the uh, NHL, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, listen, I am a hater. Uh, I really, I couldn't stand Sidney Crosby any more than I can't stand him now, and uh, huh? really uh, don't like them. And uh, that's fine. I want to hear your analysis of this Stanley Cup series, sir. Go ahead. What's your breakdown? Well, Who do you I, have? I will say, I will say, and I always thought saying this would put me straight over the falls, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I would have preferred you have been right and the Ducks be the team that's in that series because historically, mm-hmm. let's say over the last, well, let's say over the last five years for the Penguins, the teams that give us the most trouble are the teams that play this slow down, physical, try to knock your teeth out of your, out of your face, Type of uh, type of game, uh, the the Blue Jackets, for example, gave you know the Penguins fits for a couple years, regular season and in the postseason uh, at one point because of the physical style of play. 
The one thing I'm going to tell you now is if you think Sidney Crosby is the key to the series, you haven't been watching the Penguins this year because it's Evgeny Malkin. True. As Malkin goes, that's how the Penguins will go. If Malkin has a good series, we've got the goaltending. We've got the, the, the peripheral players to support him. If he has a big series, we'll win this. I don't like being favored big. It gives a team like the Preds uh, another chip on their shoulder, which they don't need because those are awful big shoulders already. Um, you know, you look at some of the moves they made last year in the offseason, some of the defensemen that they've acquired. Uh, this season, this series scares me. I do see us winning, but I see it being a 4-2, possibly a 4-3 game seven. Game seven. Interesting. Ah. <sighs> Let's see. If I had to take a look at things from a uh, non-hater perspective. Are you able to do that? Yeah, believe it or not, I can. And that's what allowed me to uh, kick ass on my giant picks last year was because (laughs) I can differentiate. Yes, you can. Um, No, I've got record to prove that. I won't go ahead just for the sake of going ahead in a direction. The idea is I always go with this, and this is what submarined Anaheim, and it's going to it could possibly more than likely submarine Pittsburgh, and that is the old adage is who's got the hot goaltender in the playoffs? You've got dueling banjos going on back there in Pittsburgh, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll settle in now. I don't know. But one bad game, and you're going to see a change the next game. Whereas you're not going to have that with Nashville. You Nashville. know who's going to be in, in net, and he's been and he's been the hot playoff goalie. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing with Rene isn't just him now. See, long time it was Nashville could score and depend on Rene. But by the end of the season, he'd be worn because he's facing so many shots. He's not worn. He's got a better defense now. And yes, to me, yes, to me, the Predators' defense is better than the Pittsburgh defense. These are, this is going to be – pardon me? That's not even a question. Well, okay, so you ride the hot goalie. You've got the better defense. Uh, I really – I don't see how Nashville loses at this point. They've got the better – they're getting the better goaltending. That wins Stanley Cups. Pitching wins wins, uh, in baseball. Goaltending wins in hockey. Uh, Defense and running wins in NFL. Some things just never change, no matter how much the sport does it or not. I'm taking mm-hmm. Nashville, and I'll take Nashville. I'll I'll, I'll say six. But I'll give I'll give Pittsburgh some credit there because they're going to have their experience that they're going to rely on, and they do have a lot of talent up front. Their, their top six is phenomenal. I, I just I'm going to ride I'm going to ride the hot goalie. I'm going to no, write no, the hot that burned me <laughs> from Anaheim well, fair being enough. There, so. Fair enough. But uh, as, as Jules would say in Pulp Fiction, allow me to retort. Hmm. So 
you sure. bring up the pitching, away. pitching wins in baseball, but just like Chris Sale finding out in Boston, doesn't matter how good you pitch, you still need the rest of your team to score some runs so you can win the game. So I don't care how good Rene is, he still needs the rest of his team to get him some goals to win, the, unless he's going to score himself, uh, which I've seen it before, Ron Hextall, uh, you know, but let's be real. I agree with you. Hot goaltender, and that usually does it. You know, look at Quick a few years ago with the Kings. He did that single-handedly for the most part. Still needs guys to put the puck in the net. So, uh, but uh, I'll be, we'll be interested to see how that one goes as it goes along with you having the Preds. It's going to be interesting. The kid is clicking away. Uh, and I, see, again, to me, that's where it usually lies. I mean, that's why I was always confident when the Devils did make the playoffs and we had Brodor. I was always supremely confident that in the end, if we made the playoffs and Brodor was in net, we had a better chance than most to win because he'll go down as one of the greatest. Because that's what you need. You need that strong goaltending. And right now, Rene is clicking away at almost uh, a 94 percentage save percentage. A tick under 94% of everything thrown at him. The kids stop it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's hot goaltending right there. And so if yes, he yes. doesn't cool off, Pittsburgh could be, could be in trouble. So it's going to be let, – let's just put it this way. Uh, and not because I love the NHL, but the suspense and who might win and who might lose in the NHL is there. It's not there in the NBA. You, you have a little suspense going into the NHL. This isn't clear-cut Pittsburgh. I don't think it is. Well, some people disagree with me, but no, I, I don't think that it, it's hands-down Pittsburgh. No, I agree with you completely. Being a Penguins fan, I don't think it's, it's hands down. I think it's going to be a tough series. Uh, and then, and, and mm. as we've pointed out, they actually do something in the NHL called uh, contact and defense that they don't do in the NBA as well, which is another reason why there's questions in the NHL and who's going to win. Uh, at this point now, if Cleveland comes out and wins, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, Cleveland comes out and wins, I'm going to get at the top highest mountain I can find and scream conspiracy. So, Cleveland can't win for losing as far as I'm concerned. If they win it, I'm going to cry foul. If they lose it, we knew they were going to anyway. <laughs> Folks, Stanley Cup playoffs start Monday, like I told you. Thursday, NBA, game one, nine o'clock. Monday, first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs, 8 p.m. Mm. As we continue marching on, Moving forward, real quick, some wrestling. Let's get wrestling. Let's just jump in there real quick. I've got to go to commercial. Uh, but this week, you know, we, we talked about some of what's been going on. And we've had the opportunity recently. You know, we've talked to people in the industry, JT, about the the state of WWE, the state of indie, some of what Randy Orton has had to say about Indy. And 
you know, we've had all different likes from the walk, all different walks of life from the wrestling world on. But one of the guys that are going to be on, uh, he's going to be on on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to have a guest on. And people always said that the police were coming for Jester. And the police are coming on Wednesday for Jester. Retired officer Frank the Duke de Costa, who happens to be a WWE. <laughs> he is a WWE uh, fanatic. I, I don't even know the proper terminology that you give somebody. He's from up. Uh, he's from up in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. Like I said, retired police officer who happens to be well-known for his uh, love of the sport. And this is going to be different, JT, because we've had indie wrestlers on. We've had promoters on. We've had WWE guys on, TNA guys on, ladies and this, that. Yeah, from all over, wrestling from the insider's perspective. But now I want to talk to a fan. I want to talk to a fan and, and find out. Now, like I said, this guy's hardcore. He watches it every week and, and is just go, loves everything about it. Okay, fine. What is it that he's loving? Does it, doesn't he see what we're seeing? That's what I want to ask him. I mean, what what is it that uh, we're missing? Right. What are we missing exactly? But, you know, I, I got to say um, – you know, it, it's kind of like uh, maybe you're so blindly in love with something that maybe you're willing to overlook and you just don't see the uh, the infection that's growing within that company. Um, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to get his take on things. You know, uh, I just – it's interesting because you get all these fans – that sit there and keep complaining, but aren't writing into the show or doing something, you know, in an age of we can contact everybody, we've got access to people on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, all this crap. Mm-hmm. Where is, where, where is the outcry? Where's the outcry for more? I mean, there, Reason why WWE is getting away with what they're doing? Because they can. Well, they there can, is no outcry. You're missing it. There is an outcry. When you listen to a live show, uh, Raw, SmackDown, uh, pay-per-view, what do you hear in, in 85% of the crowds? CM Punk. There's an outcry for yeah. something different. Vince just doesn't give a damn. And it isn't like we're in the mid-90s where you've got Ted Turner and all his money and Eric Bischoff posting results to Raw, you know, to, to Raw before the show. Uh, you know, there is no competition. Dixie Carter had her chance. TNA had their chance, and they pissed it away. Now, will Jeff Jarrett somehow revive? You know, revive I wouldn't bet that, against uh, him. I wouldn't either. That's what I'm getting at, Joe. You know, if Jeff Jarrett can get things going for that, that promotion, you know, maybe. And that's the best what I don't get. You hear wrestling, WWE fans, uh, t- you know, TNA sucks. I hope, they, I hope they wash out. No, 
you hope they succeed because if they do, it's going to make Vince step his game up again. So, and until Vince has something yeah, out there, there's no pushing. Get his, there's no reason to. Well, I was talking to uh, Sergeant Major Hardcore this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I was asking him some of the problems of why. Why am I the one? Why am I? Am I really that big of an idiot? And the answer could be yes. It wouldn't be the first time that that answer was yes on on a particular subject. But not in this one. My question was why isn't why isn't anyone down here in Florida really trying to take over? Why is it just FXE going? Okay, I've got all different kinds of matches to do like setting people on fire. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what happens is, is if you get too, too much attention, Vince will just come in and write you a check. We're going to have this up in flames match real quick. <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah. Make sure there's two names on that check, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it was funny because uh, Sergeant Major Hardcore, sir, uh, Sergeant, uh-huh. sir, Sergeant, mm-hmm. sir, sir, yes, came sir. into my arena, came into my arena this week and uh, found out uh, I might be a little bit more hardcore than the sergeant. And that's a true story. We're going to have to have him on. I think I'm going to try and get him on for this week. I'll ask him to come yeah, on. Yeah, why not? Now, and uh, have him. Well, I'd like a personal favor as well. While you're trying to get Sergeant Major Hardcore on, um, Mm. see if we can figure out what rock Joey Cage crawled under. Joey who? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As much as Mako, even after our show, as much as Mako is calling this guy out, and, and yet. It's crickets, man. We got to we we need to start over, you know, turning some rocks over, figuring out where Cage is as well. I have to admit, and I haven't, I haven't, I've been so busy with work and everything, and haven't had a chance to talk with Cage. Uh, matter of fact, in about a week and a half, I've just been so busy. But yeah, it's uh, it's oddly quiet now. He's disappeared before, and then come back with a vengeance. Uh, who right. knows? Maybe he, like, like I said the other night, there's also that chance that maybe he's quit. Maybe he understands that, you know, Mako will take him out next time. That's why you're not. Well, you know, Mako in his in one of his first matches, you know, took him took him to the you know took him to the limits in that, and then you have Mako making the insinuations that basically, uh, you know, Joey Cage is a uh, real life version of Homer Simpson. You know, uh, oh, you know, yeah, the donut reference too, and, right? Yeah. Donut reference, the you know, beer belly, the you know, the bald head, whatever you got. I mean, basically, he called him Homer Simpson. Um, I'm waiting to hear. That's not the Joey Cage we know. For him, usually, if you get under his you know, under his skin a little bit, he's got something to say. And he's a big WWE <laughs> guy as well. So you know, I'd like to get his opinion on what uh, some of these you know other people we're going to have on have to say. That and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to get his take on uh, on what he feels about what I've been saying with the Finn Balor versus uh, right. Brock right. Lesnar matchup. 
Definitely. Definitely want to get his opinion. We'll see. Uh, I'll try and reach out to him. It's the holiday weekend and whatnot, so uh, who knows? He's probably halfway in a corona or something. I don't know. But uh, we'll try and reach out to him and see if we can get him on the show uh, as uh, as uh, we can be graced by his presence, <laughs> if you will. Uh, yeah, but no, folks, don't forget, uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, for sure, Frank the Duke DeCosta will be joining us. Uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll take a break, pay some bills. We'll bring JT back in one minute as we go ahead and we talk about everybody that's bringing you this podcast, like fantasyjusticesports.com, your kingdom for fantasy sports, and more. We've gone ahead and uh, some of the articles recently, we've gone ahead, like I told you, as we're now in this new building, in the new studio, and everything's all getting set up. We've got the writers churned back up and everything going, and everybody's kicking ass. And it has been absolutely fantastic. If you've missed it, Kid Kelly's been at it. Busy Jay's been at it. Busy Jay's going to go ahead. He's going to be covering the New York Giants for us. He's going to be covering the New York Jets. Little by little, we're going to keep adding a couple more of these other new writers that we've got, putting them under the rigors. Uh, They've got a little learning to do about how the system works and loading stuff in and just being grammatically correct. Making sure it's the way it's supposed to be, but going ahead and making sure that we're going to cover all different teams from all over the uh, the United States. Also, the aforementioned, we've mentioned him on the air a couple times, and he's going to be coming on as we go ahead and get ready to get gridiron guys going. We're going to have Tate Della joining us every so often as a guest appearance on the gridiron guys to go ahead and talk football. Football is one of his loves, and we're going to go ahead and have him write some of the articles too, so that JT and I on a weekly basis can go ahead and tear into what he has to say. Pretty much that's our, going to be our job is Tate will speak uh, in an article, uh, give his opinion in an article, and uh, probably more than likely JT will find uh, what's wrong with it and bring that to you so that we can pick on him. Only kidding. Uh, Tate is very learned in several sports, and we are very happy to have him uh, starting back up and writing for Fantasy Justice Sports. Um, as we continue to add other writers and articles, don't forget to take a look at some of the places that are on there to go shopping. We have it all on there for you, folks. Check it out, fantasyjusticesports.com. We're also brought to you by Blog Talk Radio. Crystal clear sounds. You hear it right now. We sound great, and it's fantastic customer service. You really can't beat it. Again, Blog Talk Radio. If you want to get your podcast out there, you have something to say. You think people will actually listen to you, pay attention to what you have to say. Again, Blog Talk Radio, we want to thank them for having us on their forum. Also, I want to go ahead and thank breadfromyourbed.com. Joey and the gang over there at breadfromyourbed.com, a personal finance blog fantastic group of people that will help get you started. Do you need a little extra cash? Do you need maybe a a change, a complete change? I'm tired of the rat race. I don't like the traffic. I don't like the drive to work. I have a great idea, but I don't know how to get started. All these things are some of what people face on a daily basis that, you know, I've got a great idea, but I don't know how to get it out there. Or I'm tired of busting my ass for somebody else. I want to work for myself. 
I don't know how. I want to make a little extra money. I like my job, but, you know, a couple extra bucks would be nice. I could store it away, a little Christmas money, a little Hanukkah money, a little vacation money, whatever, a little extra cash. Joey is the guy to go to if you want to find a way to make more money than you're making right now. I can promise you he will find a way, show you everything that you need to know about getting a couple extra dollars. And right now, if you go ahead, mention Fantasy Jester Show, and you will get a free website through Joey, a five-page website if you mention Fantasy Jester Go ahead, talk to Joey and the gang, mention that you heard it on this podcast, and you can get a free five-page website, find out how. Also on Joey, you can go ahead and get $20. Did you know real quick, he can go ahead, set you up, 10 minutes, answer some questions, get some mail, $20 to you for free. takes you about 10 minutes. FredFromYourBed.com. Also, and the best one, we have fun with these guys. Deep Obsession Charters. Absolute ball. Absolute ball. Matter of fact, Mrs. Chester's headed out with them uh, next week, I believe. If not, it's next the following week. I know she's headed back out again with them. As soon as I can get some time away, can't wait. I'll be headed back out. Deep Obsession Charters. Ryan Walton and the gang out there. Unbelievable time. If you want to go on a wreck dive, a reef dive, maybe have your opportunity to go on a dive. They have shark dives, no cage. Get to see what that's all about. It's not all what Shark Week wants to bring you. Get to see these creatures up close, personal, pet them, see how they like the physical attention. And that physical attention isn't to eat your ass. True story. Ryan Walton and the gang will take you to some of the most beautiful dives, boats that are turned into reefs, planes turned into reefs. Again, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, Ryan Walton and the gang, stop in, tell them Jester sent you, and make sure you say hi to Koa while you're there. Folks, Fantasy Jester show just keeps going, and and for those of you who don't know, the last bit of business I have to do is the Fantasy Jester app. Don't forget, you can go ahead. We have the websites. We have YouTube on there. Everything that you could possibly want, everything Jester on one simple app. Doesn't matter if you have an iPhone or an Android. Doesn't matter. Go to appmaker.com, A-P-P-M-A-K-R.com. Click on, say hello to everybody there, and type in Fantasy Jester Show. It's that simple. The icon will come up, you download it, and it'll go to your phone, and you are set. You have the Fantasy Jester right there at the tip of your finger. Anytime you want, you get to see what's new, what's happened, some of the new articles, like I said, some of the podcasts. Have you missed some of the podcasts? See, you don't have to just go to the website for the podcast anymore. You don't have to just go to iTunes for the podcast anymore. You don't have to go to blogtalkradio.com for the podcast anymore. You can go right to the Fantasy Jester Show app. Catch any of the archive shows. We have a bunch already, and they have been phenomenal. Uh, I, the 
shows have had a ball. JT's had a ball, and the guests have had had an even better time. That's why so many of them come back. We get to tell them, relax, enjoy the show, be yourself, and they do. And it turns out to be a great show. Uh, they give stats or updates on certain players or just, just insider information. But I also ask them to give a funny story. And so when you see some of the guests that are on the list, and there are several guests now on the list, varied names throughout all sports. If you see a name on the list, know that they have a funny story that they're going to share that you won't have heard anywhere else, I promise you. You'll find out Terry Francona, water balloon, and what was the retaliation. You'll find out what Miami Dolphins player was taped naked to a goalpost. (laughs) Go check. You'll be able to see. We have a bunch of guests that have been on that tell funny stories. You can sit. You can listen. It's Memorial Day weekend. Kick back at the pool. Get yourself a cold one, kick back, relax, and binge listen to some of the greatest episodes that we have. Folks, going ahead, let's get JT back in here. Let's keep this moving. We've got NFL to go before we wrap this up. And JT, you know, before we get into the NFL, uh, I have to mention good old Chip Kelly. Analyst now. What's yeah, he going to yeah, analyze? Okay. Obviously, he was not a good analyst as he was coaching in the NFL. What is he going to analyze? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, you know, the guys had success in the college game. Uh, the funny hmm. thing for me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. There's always that one player that, that breaks the mold. I'm gonna extrapolate Marcus Mariota's name from this statement. But you look at his players in college, whether it's on defense or offense uh, with the Oregon Ducks, they just don't seem to translate well to the pros. So he goes to the pros as a coach, and his system just doesn't seem to translate well to the pros. Um, You know, Nick Saban wasn't a good NFL coach. I'm a Dolphin fan. He was a terrible coach for us. Heck, he chose Dante Culpepper to sign as a free agent over Drew Brees. Good call there, Nick. Um, love you for that one. But, uh, no, Chip Kelly as an analyst, ah, I mean, does the guy have a great football mind? Yes, for the college game. I think he'd better yeah. suited to be a regional uh, analyst, so maybe somebody that covers the Pac-12, uh, maybe the WAC, one of those, uh, you know, one of those type of uh, air-and-out conferences. Um I'm not impressed. I, I'm not excited to listen to him. Why Why should we be? None of his players in the NFL listen to him, so why should we? Because, like you said, he, he, he was successful in college. He just – he thought he was going to re, reinvent the NFL wheel, and you're not going to reinvent the NFL wheel. No matter how much they change the rules, certain things will always be the basics. You, and, uh, right. And do you remember? Do you remember back in the late '80s? And I think it was Houston Oilers at the time that may have started it. But when the run and shoot became mm-hmm. popular, uh, Haywood yeah. Jeffries, you know, Ernest Givens, all those guys, Warren Moon, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, um, 
Yeah, I think Chip Kelly thought his system was going to be as innovative and as big to the game as the run and shoot was uh, to the NFL. And it just, it never, like you said, never materialized. And, you know, the guy tucked his tail. And uh, at this point, the booth I would love to hear call a game is Chip Kelly and Jay Cutler. I'd love to hear them call a game. <laughs> uh, these guys come from the college ranks, and they always, uh, real quick, they, they always think they're going to change it. He wasn't the only one. Steve Spurrier wasn't the only one. It's, it just happened. You you, you're just not going to do it. My my surprise in it, though, was this. And this is really why I bring this up. And believe it or not, it's not to make fun of him. I was surprised he didn't go back to coaching in the college ranks. I don't think he had the opportunities that he felt he would have. There was way too many uh, feathers ruffled uh, in the NFL. And I think a lot of these ADs see a big-headed individual that will come in and basically try to push the AD aside to run the show. And I don't think these ADs are willing to do that. I don't think the opportunities were there. I think he's going to have to do what George O'Leary did uh, way back when he got in trouble with UCF or Notre Dame, end up coaching at Navy or somewhere like that. He's going to have to take a smaller program uh, and, and kind of reestablish his name, kind of like Charlie Weiss did as well. Yeah, prove that you're not going to be an egomaniacal idiot. And uh, right. could you imagine what he might be like now where, uh, well, I was in the NFL. and uh, right. Oh, my Lord, he might be even worse. Yeah, Who knows? Basically, here's the thing. Hey, Chip, this is so-and-so, the AD at Southwest Missouri State. You want to come coach <laughs> here? We're a 1A team. You know, yeah. um, at, this, at this point, he's going to have to go coach the, you know, wow. he's going to have to coach the water boy uh, in Louisiana, you know, Lafayette or something and, and work his way back up. And that's just because of his ego. Let me ask you, uh, moving on to the NFL itself, there's a little rule mm. change this week that I was surprised uh, at how far the pendulum swung. You can celebrate now. If you get a touchdown, you can celebrate again. Can you believe that? You can tell I'm so overjoyed with this. Me and Barry Sanders are rolling our eyes at this point. Um, yeah, the, you know, Goodell is still trying to do anything he can. I think a lot of this has to do with the reception he got in Philadelphia about a month ago for the draft. <laughs> Yeah, but he gets booed every draft. I mean, that, that was a little worse than he, usual. But I mean, Yeah, but wouldn't you say there, be, there comes a point now where he's trying to turn it, you know, get away from the, the moniker, the no fun league. Um, you know, we're going to have a bunch to. of a bunch of, yeah, but we're going to have a bunch of idiots out there when they score a touchdown that think that they're one of the solid gold dancers. And, and here we go. You know, it's just. Okay, well, here's the point, thing. Here's the can of worms that they open, though. They've opened up a huge can of worms because you can't do anything. It can't be prolonged and it can't be offensive. So now you've got judgment calls on both. What's going to be deemed too long. What's going to be deemed offensive. Yeah. If I'm the opposing coach and I just got scored on, I don't care if it's a millisecond too long. I'm offended. Sorry. 
I, you know what simple. I'm saying? So, go. I mean, yeah. they created a mess, and they, don't, they thought, ha-ha, oh, here, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll put fun back in it. They'll like us again. No, <laughs> they're they like not going to like they you. They really like us. They really, yeah, they're going to like us. We're going to make it fun. They, they'll stop booing me. No, Can they're I still going to boo you. They haven't there. stopped booing you. And Can I just throw you just made it even worse. Go ahead. Can we please go back to Pete Rozelle or Paul Tagliabue? Is, is, is that possible? Can we get rid of this? Uh, no. At this point, no. I'd rather have Condoleezza Rice, who was in the running for this job when this Nimrod got the position. Uh, please, get rid of Goodell. Do yourself a favor. Him and Adam Silver, leave him on a deserted island somewhere. Listen. Uh, I, all right. I'm going to make you I'm going to make you say uncle on this one. And you'll take Goodell. Okay. All right, I'll tell you what. You have your choice. Goodell or Batman? There's a, there's a choice up, for you. Jester. You're breaking up, man. I, I can't hear you, man. Sorry for breaking up. We'll have to go on to the next question. I, I can't hear you on that. <laughs> you don't get any worse than that than, than Batman. Oh, can I There's no You know what? In all in all joking aside to answer your question, and I truly feel yeah. this way. That's a push. Mm-hmm. I think really? Adele has gotten yeah, I think Adele's gotten that bad. He has made it about him. He's trying to become his own superstar. You never heard all this crap with Tagley Boo. You never heard all this crap with Roselle. You didn't no, hear about no, the commissioner. No. The commissioner was in the background where he belonged. It's supposed to be about the franchises, the players, the fans. And, and, and this guy, he's so starstruck and starved for the spotlight. That he, and, and believe me, I hate Tom Brady. But you're going to go and pick a fight with Tom Brady over something, let's be real. Never should have been – he never should have gotten a four-game ban. That was stupid. No, um, that was ridiculous. And, and all you did was piss him off. Anyway, thanks, you know, thanks, Goodell. But uh, I mean, the guy's trying to become his own celebrity, and so, you know. But let, let's at least let me throw out there fun news, something that you and I talked about. Because I, I can't talk about Goodell anymore. I'm going to get sick. Uh, All right. Interesting thought of our friend of the show, Miles Jack, being elevated to Paul Puzlisny's role as the three-down uh, interior linebacker for the Jags. Something you called for Beautiful. a lot last season. Well, I thought that that was how they were going to start, and they probably should have in retrospect anyway, but still you can make the situation work for you either way, because what did he do? He got to watch one of the better middle linebackers do his yeah. job. He He got to study underneath one of the better linebackers, and now – that better linebackers is going to still be right next to him. Right. If there's right. any confusion, my, my desire for miles Jack is simple. And I mentioned this last year and I, I, I'm very eager to see in preseason games, this one component. Is he reacting or is he thinking? Right. See, I remember you last talking about year that. he hesitated 
because he was unsure of himself. When he was left out that, on an island, yeah. Well, let's let's be real here. We, you have a unique perspective of this because of your affiliation. I don't know anyone better to answer this question, but you know Tom Tom Coughlin, you know Doug Marone yeah. types. Do you think that Tom Coughlin ever would have signed? Because you know Coughlin had to sign off on this. Do you think he ever would have signed off on this if he didn't see something in the off season or in OTAs that made him feel like he can handle that? He, well, uh, Coughlin saw the speed. I can tell you right now. Coughlin saw okay. the speed. Jack is faster than Puzlosny by a lot. Oh, not even close, yeah. Right. He sees, he sees what should have been seen before. His ability to cover sideline to sideline. And the speed in which he can do it. That is what Coach Coughlin saw, I'm sure, in the film. Jumped out. It had to. It had to. Mm-hmm. Any time you can go in there and get a, a, a middle linebacker with that kind of speed, now hopefully he's starting to grow into his body a little bit more. He was a little on the slight side. I hope, I'm hoping that he went ahead and put a, put a couple of pounds on looked- Okay, uh, he looked good a little shape. bigger. He looked a little bigger okay. when I saw him on NFL Network interview last week. He, he looked like he's uh, been in the weight room. Yeah, which I'm sure he is because uh, Miles Jack is a very hardworking young man. And, yeah. Uh, it, it really it won't surprise me. It won't surprise me. Uh, I think the only people that'll be surprised are football fans that really don't pay attention to Jacksonville because uh, they don't get a lot of coverage. They don't get a lot of love coverage. But miles Jack, miles Jack is going to surprise a lot of people. Well, this, this is a fantasy show and there are uh, fantasy leagues out there that do use uh, IDP individual defensive players. Just curious if he does what you think he can do this season. So he, you know, diagnoses and attacks and isn't second guessing himself. What kind of uh, rankings do you see him as far as the uh, middle linebacker position goes? He's got. He's going to be up there, and I'm going to tell you why. Again, speed. That speed mm-hmm. is going to be up there. Now it depends on on your settings and everything. But you got to remember, this guy. This is a. This is a hundred. This is definitely a hundred tackle guy. This is a guy that definitely can go ahead and grab you four picks in the season. Not to mention how many sacks is he going to get too when he when he's let loose every once in a while because of the speed. People are going to they're going to see that and where he should have been last year. Anybody who doubts what I'm saying about his speed and how much ground he can cover from the middle linebacker spot. Go watch him when he was with UCLA, just all over that field, literally. Mm-hmm. No, he's he's going to be he's going to be one of the top ones. I would trade I would trade, say Luke Keekley for Miles Jack. Okay. If I, I was going to trade, trade Luke Keekley, I know some people that would trade Luke Keekley for a fourth round pick and Deion Jones. 
Oh, hey, listen. Those people should be on a fantasy show. They really should be. <laughs> anyway, um, no, so, yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking as far as Miles. Miles Jack's going to be a top performer and, and a top performer. It's gonna be fun to watch. Years. Yeah, it's going it's so, to be. Gonna, uh, Jacksonville's going to surprise a bunch of people this year. Jacksonville should be fun this year. I like their draft a lot. I had them as a top three draft grade overall. Um, they're going to go to smash mouth football. They got a smash mouth head coach. And honestly, Tom Coughlin, uh, is a guy that has been successful in Jacksonville as well as New York. Um, not, you know, and if you can say that, it's like the old song goes, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, dude, if you're successful in New York, you're going to be successful somewhere else. It's just, that's how it goes. So, uh, real quick here, I have to put you on the spot now. You know, again, we're talking sure. about fantasy fantasy show and we're talking NFL I have to ask who's that one player you give me any position you want to who's that one player that had a down year last year that people are undervaluing in let's say dynasty leagues that you go out and get that you think is going to absolutely come roaring back the example I'll use is like a Cam Newton went from MVP to chump last year hmm Hmm. I had a down year that should do better this year. Right. Somebody's going to bounce back. Somebody you go get for cheap at this point. You know, some of the people that, you know, some of our fans that do listen to the show are asking me questions. You know, dynasty leagues are going on. People are building teams about to hit summer camps in the next 30, you know, 30, 35 days. I'd have to say, hmm, I have to say Drew Brees. Okay. I have to say Drew Brees. People are gonna people are gonna say Brees is uh, starting at the down end. Uh, he's going to have. I mean, he's got a ton of weapons at his disposal this year. I really, I really see Brees coming back. Uh, are you ready for a, a five thousand yard season? Ooh, okay. Yeah, he's not so, done yet, that kid. I mean, so no you, kid anymore. You think uh, having someone like Alvin Kamara out of the backfield to throw the ball to uh, Michael Thomas, uh, they did trade Brandon Cook, so Willie Sneed would then need to really step up his game, I think, as well, correct? Well, uh, I think – well, no, I, I think Sneed will just stay the same. But uh, so far, early early reports are that AP uh, his legs look fresh. Now, how long that's going to last, I don't know. But that is right. a nice that that becomes a very nice backfield of Ingram, Peterson, and Kamara uh, to go ahead and uh, get him the, he, a lot of dump offs. A lot so of dump offs me... are going to go ahead and get. I'm not particularly crazy about the uh, New Orleans offensive line, personally. Okay. So, so let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this, and you brought his name up. So real quick, yeah. over over fifty percent, under fifty percent, the chances that Mark Ingram breaks camp in August and is with the Saints by Week One. The chances he's with the team Week One. Mm-hmm. You know they tried to trade him to Philadelphia already. 
Yeah, I would say, well, Peterson really does help. <laughs> right. You know, and you figure somebody's going to uh, be back in, in preseason injury. Well, I think they explored it. I don't think, pardon me, I had to sneeze. Uh, while I think they explored it, following through is a whole other story. Okay. And then you have to go ahead with the idea that you still have Adrian Peterson, who's not exactly going to be. I, I don't know. Ingram going, that that's a that's a far one. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say it's eighty uh, percent chance that he stays. I like it. Okay. Okay. Eighty percent, but I'm gonna tell you, you know, they've got they've got the backs and if Kamara Kamara could be the one actually to do the pushing. If Kamara comes right. in and proves that he's capable, okay, that would be the actual push. Adrian Peterson's not going to be the push. It'll be whether or not Kamara can uh, learn quick enough. If he can, if he can pass protect early, say goodbye to Ingram. That's exactly. The best way to exactly. Put it. JT, thanks so much for joining us. As always, great job, brother. I will see you on Wednesday. See you Wednesday. Folks, that's been the Fantasy Jester Show. Don't hurt him, Jester. And I, I, we actually, considering all things, I wasn't that ornery today. I was actually pretty good. JT was the one a little ornery today. Yes, he was. I think he was surly. Surly is a good word. Anyway, folks, I am the Fantasy Jester. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Memorial Day. God bless all the vets. I'm the Jester. I'm out.